Okay, guys. Brian Robb, Mike Pina, I'm Rich Levine. This is the second podcast since we migrated over here to CLNS Media. Second podcast since we changed our name from the Big Three podcast to Winning Plays. And what I have is a list of things that have happened since. You guys ready for this? Can't wait. This is since we changed the names. I could have gotten to 10. I stopped at 8 in honor of Antoine Walker. <laughs> Employee number 8's list of 8 things. Here we go. Number 1, the Celtics have lost 3 straight games and now 4 straight overall. Number 2, they blew an 18-point fourth quarter lead in Charlotte. Number 3, LaMarcus Aldridge dropped 48 points in the Garden. Is this you, you having any reactions to this? You know, I, I real quick, I mean, I figured that we, we would probably get into a deeper discussion about, you know, what's taken place in the four-game losing streak. But I just want to point out, you know, the 48 points seem pretty terrible. But, like, if you watch the game, which you guys did, and hopefully all our yeah. listeners did. Like, save this. Save 48 points is 48 points. No, I, 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 yeah, I want to yeah. see how he justifies this. Keep, let, let, keep going. No, yeah, I mean, LaMarcus yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> Aldridge was hitting ridiculous. Okay, so I have like one stat here. You know, he took 12 contested shots and made 10 of them. And basically all of them were outside of the paint. Like, I don't know what you do with that. Like, they, Brad Stevens said after the game, you know, they tried to switch up the coverages. Not having Al Horford was really difficult, obviously. And we're going to definitely talk about his absence more. But... I, I don't know. Like when a guy hits mid-range jumpers at that clip, like what do you what you don't really like? What do you do? You double him, and then they they he kicks it out to the three-point line. He kicked it out to cutters along the baseline well, at yeah. the rim. Like I, you can't really do so. Like you want those shots, and he's just if he's just gonna hit them, then it's like t you tip your cap. All right, I'd be interested to, to know how many of those contested shots that he hit hit in the in the first quarter because I mean that was like. That was the unstoppable stretch. After that, I mean, whatever. Like you said, 48 is 48. But let's get to number four because I think we can okay. all agree on this being depressing. They signed Greg Monroe as number four. <laughs> um, number five, Jason Tatum, who never gets hurt, injures his back. The Time Lord is number six. Time Lord nearly broke his back on a, on, on a dunk. Man, that was bad. Uh, number seven, Kyrie. I mean, you can go either way how you feel about this. Kyrie slips up a little bit in the, in the locker room, maybe calls out Brad. The body language on the court is kind of teetering once again. And then number eight, they've now fallen two games back of the Pacers just for home court in the first round. So that all that being said, and Mike, you, you sort of made your argument. You know, we don't really care, you and I. No, you know, we, we had we had a big argument about even doing this podcast. I was a little bit on the fence. You really didn't want to do it. Yeah. But our resident Celtics beat writer Brian Robb, who, who, was, <laughs> who was in the Garden on Sunday night, he heard the booze, waiting outside after another team meeting. I know, Mike, you, you mentioned it last night when we were texting this, too, but they couldn't have like flown back to Brighton. They did an, an, another, another pl flight to get I know, they just together. did another plane ride. But, B-Rob, Mike, Pian, and I don't, I don't really care. We're not worried. You are concerned. You wanted to have this podcast today. Yes. I, I, believe, I believe two four-game losing streaks within a month is problematic. I think... Uh, a defense that has ranked in the bottom third of the league for well over two months is problematic. I think a head coach that openly says he doesn't know, like he thinks about lineup changes every day and still doesn't know what to do, even though he's a very good head coach and this is game 74 of the regular season. I think that's pretty problematic. And yeah, so you just add that to all those things you just mentioned, Rich, and 
I, no, this, no, Al Horford, no, no Al Horford the last Yeah, no games. Al Horford the last two games, but they lost two games before that, and they lost, and I think they're something like 11-11 since the All-Star break, and Al's played pretty much all those games. And the only guy that was really missing for a bunch of those games is Aaron Baines. So you look at, you know, health considered guys have been out in and out here and there, but they've had better health than a lot of other teams around the league, and they still are falling apart right now. And they're aware of it. They want to do better, but this is, this is more than just like, Oh, they, you know, they just got to figure out a few things here and there. They've been a bad team for a couple months now. And beyond that warriors dominating performance, like I, they really haven't had an impressive win in that stretch. Mike, uh, I, know I know you're dying to get into this. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So I'm, I'm, I, look, I, I, I know the arbitrary cutoff for that a lot of people are using is February 1st. And I, I, what, what I, happened on February 1st, Mike? What did happen on February 1st? They, they beat the New York Knicks by 14 points. What else, what else happened? Did something else happen? Something else happened. I think Kyrie said, ask me July 1st that morning. Oh. Not, not that that's related here, but I'm just saying that that's a, that's a cutoff point, I feel like, for a reason. <laughs> okay. Um, okay well that that's fine but so <laughs> no i mean like uh, like okay but before the all-star break uh after he made those comments you know they won three straight lost a really close game to the lakers that they probably should have won lost a game to the clippers that was tough and then beat philly <laughs> beat detroit like so they were five and two heading into the all-star break after that then they go on the four game losing streak uh, that was pretty troublesome. That included a blowout loss to Toronto, uh, loss against the Blazers. Uh, they beat Washington. They lose to Houston, and then there's the plane ride, um, <laughs> and that leads us to. So it's just like, look, we talk about. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned Al Horford. I think Al Horford's absence um, is just everything. And if we're looking at the last two games specifically. Uh, the two losses before the Hornets loss and the Spurs loss, which, by the way, I mean, the Spurs are a very good team, one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Um, and that game was on the second night of a back-to-back without Tatum or Horford. I mean, you can read into that as much as you want. I, I really can't take too much away from that loss. Um, blowing the lead against Charlotte is not great. The previous two losses... <laughs> not great. Come on. Not great. No, 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 no. We can't, we can't just say I mean, not great. We can't. Well, look, guys, like, it's it's... The, it's like the regulars. I just, I, I can't. I, but it's not. It's not like no, they. It's, it's not like they came into the fourth quarter with an eighteen. Look, I'm not, they, I'm not, they built. They built an eighteen point fourth quarter lead with eight minutes left. Correct. And I'm not. I'm not saying without Al Horford. I'm not saying that uh, you know the Celtics should be considered favorites to go to the finals. But I am saying that, like, con- big picture contextually, like, what are you like? What are you saying, B. Rob, when you say that like there's problems? Are you expecting them to lose in the first round? Because I can't. I can't. Or, go or there. do you want them to lose in the first round? Is this some like self fulfilling? No, not at all. I mean, I'm just saying your favorite. Like right now, your most likely path is losing in the second round. And that's like, and you're by the day, it looks more and more likely that's going to happen because you can't win on the road. You are, you know, like Mike, you said, you know, this is a this the Spurs were a hot team coming into last night. They had lost two straight games before last night. Obviously, they won one of them was against that. the Rockets, which is like the best team in the NBA. All right, right. Do, you, do you know? Can you guys guess the Celtics' record against West playoff opponents this year? Probably 16, not great. 16 games. Just throw 
Put a guess out there. Uh, four and twelve. Is that sixteen? Yeah, four and twelve. Mike. Five and eleven. Three and thirteen. Oh man. Like not, that's not great. Not, not great. And you look at okay, they can beat the Sixers. They lost two out of three to the Bucks. They gotten their ass handed to them by the Raptors a couple times. Obviously we they're tied one one of the Pacers of a couple of big games looming there. Everyone else in this league or pretty close to it are are showing signs of progress in the last couple months. Outside of maybe the Pacers, which obviously works out pretty well, but like this team is regressing. Brad Stevens said last night the defense in the first two months was far superior to the last two months, and he doesn't know where to turn from that point. And I think that that's the most problematic thing when Brad Stevens is saying like we can't get stops, and literally every team in the East playoffs has like a unbelievable offense. Um, then that's that's worrisome. But weren't we just crowning the Celtics after that? Even after the, the Clippers loss, with the point, I just think it's just. I mean, it's just the way the season goes. This you know? is there's, riding there's so much the, the roller coaster. Right? Yeah, exactly. This is riding the roller coaster, in my opinion. So I just want to throw out some Al Horford stats because I think they're important. Um, they're most of them are since the All Star break. I got a couple since February first. So since the All Star break, the Celtics are plus five point three points per hundred possessions with Horford on the floor. They're outscored by twelve point seven points per one hundred possessions without him. Uh, the defense has allowed one hundred and six points with Horford, which is the equivalent of the fourth best defense in the NBA since the All Star break. That's a sixteen game sample size and includes two four game losing streaks. Without him, they dropped to one hundred thirteen points per hundred possessions, which is twenty fourth best in the league. The offense goes from top 10 to about four to five points worse than the last place offense when Horford is on or off the floor. Last place offense in the entire NBA? In the entire NBA. And since February 1st, which is the the, the big Kyrie statement cutoff, (laughs) Boston has the seventh best defense with Horford on the court and our 19th when he sits. Uh, and I have all these other numbers here that we can get into in a second, if you guys want to, just about how the players on the team shoot the basketball with Horford and without Horford, and the numbers are really startling, in my opinion. Um, so, uh, look, like in the playoffs, when Kyrie Irving is playing 42 minutes and Horford's playing 40 minutes, and... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Horford's playing 40... Horford's got a bad knee right now, Mike. Okay, like... the playoffs don't start tomorrow. I know, but He's like you're gonna, now. you're gonna want. How bad is it though? I mean, it, it's bad enough where they're giving him three yeah, games off. You know, and... you know why? Because the regular season doesn't mean shit. It just it just doesn't. I mean, man. they know their playoff seating. They know they're going to be the four or the five. They have two games against Indiana. So if if Horford sits both of those games, uh, you know that could mean that they don't. They're not concerned with the Pacers home or away because they know that they can defeat that team because they don't have star power. They have Kyrie Irving and Al Horford and uh, all these other talented players. Um, <laughs> look, they I, are I, playing well though. Like this is, I, I mean, this is, we've, I agree the regular season doesn't matter. Like these games don't matter, but the fact that like, this isn't riding the roller coaster. This has been two months of like a bad defense and the on off numbers, like Al is not going to be playing 40 minutes a night in the playoffs. Like, if you are, like, I think you're asking for a disaster. He hasn't really done that since he's been here. And I don't think they're going to do that with him. Okay, let's say he plays 
he'll. The point is that he's going to be playing more minutes than thirty or whatever he's averaging on the season. I mean, you're going to get more Al Horford. Um, you're going to get uh, presumably, uh, you know, a tighter rotation. Uh, and look, I just at the end of the day, I just am not that concerned with. Uh, regular like they're going to have rest in between every game you're going to be able to game plan against a, one specific opponent i think all of these come into uh accumu- like uh, they uh, add up to an advantage for the celtics uh particularly in the first round matchup and you know after that you're playing a bucks team that uh you know is obviously very talented um and is going to have the number one record in the entire nba they probably will not have uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon in that series potentially at least at a hundred percent, who's been a full time starter for them throughout the entire season, and uh, you know Nikola Mirotic is also battling an injury as well. So, look, I mean, I'm just not that concerned. And you know, once they uh, if once they dispatch the Indiana Pacers, which seems likely, I think they're a better basketball team than the Pacers. Um, like if I'm looking at the defense for the Celtics, I just look at the big, the larger sample size of what this team's identity has been over the past few years, and I'm just not, I'm just not worried about them defensively. I understand that they have not played well uh, over the past couple months or whatever. They also, you know, since the All Star break, are shooting like 33 percent from the three point line. And that, like, offense impacts defense. So I don't think that they're going to be the 28th best three-point shooting team in the playoffs either. Last night, we saw them miss a ton of good looks. So, like, I just can't ride the roller coaster. I, I just can't do it. I can guarantee you they're not going to rank 28th in playoffs in uh, three-point shooting. Thanks, Rich. Is that, uh, is that, is that, can, can we add that to the bet of the week for an upcoming segment? <laughs> Um, and also, let's give a quick. Uh, when you were talking about the the Bucks and you know, ho- hopefully playing them over the Raptors, give a quick shout out to Jeremy Lamb for hitting that shot and pretty much uh, I don't know locking down the the. the t- Did they clinch the top seed in Milwaukee? They haven't yet, have they? No, not, they still not yet. not yet. They're getting but, close though. That was yeah, good. but that that Jeremy Lamb shot was 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 nice. Yeah, I mean that that's working out well in your favor. The the seeding stuff. Um, I do think that. This team has been burned by good teams, Mike, like a bunch, even when Horford has played this year. Horford's defense in the pick and roll, especially against like speedy guards, has not been, I don't know, like we've talked about this all year, just hasn't mm-hmm. been as good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think, again, I hope we, we talk a lot about the defense. What, solution-wise, like what, what do you do if you're Brad Stevens right now to do – do you start prioritizing defense over offense with certain role guys um, based on the matchup you know you have coming up and just trying to, like, right the ship? Or do you trust that, you know, Marcus Morris is, like, and Tatum are going to get their shit figured out um, once the playoff ends? You got to trust, I think, at this point. You come this far, right? I mean, you have, but, like, it's going in the wrong direction. It is, but t- again, like, like not we're, Tatum. We're, I mean, Tatum is a different. Tatum's a different category. Morris is more my like, like concern here. Like half the time, I'm looking at Morris and and are like, are you better off with like Ojale taking some of those minutes right now because you know he's not going to screw up on defense. I know that I would not mind. Anytime I see Sammy on the on the court, I, I don't mind seeing him out there. 
I mean, um, small doses, sure, but like uh, he he adds a little a little bit of what they need right now. Even it, again, in these games, it don't mean anything, Mike. Right? Like we're looking for reasons to for someone to light a fire in these guys' ass. I think that that could be you know one place to turn. I think that Morris should not be a starter. I, right. I, I don't understand why that's still happening, and it wouldn't surprise me if if a change was made. Um, I thought maybe, it was, maybe you lose him. That's a, that's the only question. Well, I mean, it's a contract year still for him. I, I don't know, and and also like if you lose him, how much worse is losing him than what he's been playing like the past few weeks? So, um, you know, I thought it was interesting that Gordon got the start yesterday. I don't know. Did was B Rob? What was the like? Was there any scuttlebutt about that before or after the game? No, I mean it happened before, like. It was a similar situation in that Pistons game before the All-Star break where I think, you know, they it could have been Jalen or Gordon and they went with Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's Brad kind of, you know, weighing in terms of a playmaker more in, in that spot. But, yeah, like, I mean, we're, the, the starting lineup to me is fascinating right now because I agree with you, Mike. Like, Morris has to go. And then I wonder to a degree, like, you know, what do you do with that spot then? Do you go big with Baines and well, just the make data's that... been really good, right? Exactly. In Hartford, yeah. So I would I would hope that, but Brad obviously has not. You know, is he going to be afraid of you know Baines guarding Miles Turner on the perimeter? Like that's an an op for like Gordon or you know even something crazy like Ojale in that spot. I don't know. Because right, then you got what, Al and Thad Young. I mean, we'll, we'll 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 get to the Pacers, I guess, eventually. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to more of that. But I mean, just the I mean, where do you do even right now in the last eight games here to kind of figure out? Obviously, you want to see more of the big front line, but then what else do you want to like see more of or see less of? Yeah, that's a. I mean, one of the Boston's best lineups this season. Uh, I was just looking at some lineup data in preparation for this pod and. Horford, Kyrie, Jalen, Smart, and Tatum might be Boston's best lineup this season, and it's only played 56 minutes. 20 of them have been since the All-Star break. The defense has been absolutely lights out in that time. Um, I haven't looked contextually to see you know what part of the game and, and against particularly which opponents that those minutes have taken place. But What's the five one more time? Al, Kyrie, Jalen... Marcus, Smart, and Tatum. Okay. Which is kind of shocking that that lineup, you would think that lineup has played quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, right. 56 <laughs> minutes the whole season. I mean, it's just a similar number for the, like, Baines-Horford lineup. Like, that's only played, I think, like, 70 minutes. Yeah, and, and the Celtics have been getting absolutely obliterated on the glass, too, which might factor into uh, offensive and defensive. Uh, might factor into Brad wanting to, to play those two together. Um, look, I, I think that just, I know we pick on, or at least I pick on Marcus Morris a lot, but it's just not really working out for him in the starting lineup. And, you know, I don't know what harm there is over the last eight games or so to experiment with putting either Gordon in the starting lineup or Jalen in the starting lineup or Baines in the starting lineup. I don't, it really doesn't matter to me which one it is at this point. I I think you really need to tinker and and figure it out because if Marcus Morris is starting game one of the playoffs, I don't think that that's good news. Is there, is there any scenario where you guys would do a double switch and move smart to the bench to run the second unit 
so you don't have to deal with Rozier. Um, no, I it, yeah no, and I, I look before the before the season started. Uh, you know, I said that the Al Kyrie Tatum Jalen uh, Gordon lineup, the, the that was supposed to be the death lineup. I said that I thought that lineup needed to be excellent for the Celtics to maximize what they can be, and in a lot of ways that proved to be true because that lineup basically has not been utilized at all uh, in the second half of the season or beyond even when Gordon first went to the bench. And I, like, what do you, what are your guys thoughts on seeing that lineup over the last eight games and just seeing what is there? Um, I don't know. Like, do, do you still have the minutes? Do you still have the minutes up on your, on your screen? Uh, so that I, yeah, I can get those in a sec. Well, because it, it, it just seems so bizarre to me. It almost feels like a, well, like a like a rope a dope. Like yeah, Brad's going to unleash these these lineups right. and, and the playoffs that people haven't, you know, either don't know mm-hmm. film on or not used to. Because it, it just, I mean, that's the, the, the first one you mentioned. That that's like the preferable five for me right now. That's got to be the closing five in against good teams. I would imagine that that's oh, Gordon. Who Gordon, good. I'd say Gordon. Wait, Gordon or Jalen? Like, depending on whose house someone's playing that game. Or even Tatum. Tatum in that mix, too. Sometimes Tatum's not going to play, like, given how he's played on defense lately. Is there any concern about his physical situation, B-Row? Like, I mean, he, he took a hard shoulder, fall. Shoulder, and he had the shoulder in, against the Clippers, right? Yeah, I mean, he's durable. So, like, I don't think – like, he hasn't complained about that at all. Like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But that's – he played 80 games last year. He set out two for rest. He That was the first – game he missed this year with the shoulder and so was he around yesterday no he was i mean he was i didn't see him in the locker room after the game um i don't know if i was he was on the bench or not al was there um but yeah like he i don't think it's a a long-term thing for him it sounds like with the back injury falling at the end of that game but yeah you got to keep a you know there i wouldn't be surprised if he is out for like half these games um down the stretch and i don't know like for all this and it, it does suck. And for the lineups you mentioned, Mike, like, this is, like, Brad, like, I, I'm curious, like, why he's waited so long to try these more. And I guess this is, I mean, he's stuck with this lineup for a while. He, like, has wanted to keep guys where they're comfortable. But now it's, like, it's clear changes need to be made. And now guys are going to be getting rest down the stretch. So you're going to have very few games where everyone's going to be together anyway. So I feel like that's there. It's very limited time to tinker right now, when they might have been better off doing more of that in the last couple of months. I yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, but there's no choice but to tinker now. If you're, right, I'm mean, exactly. If, if you have to. Yeah. You would think that he was just to. trying to build up some of the sample size and and see what he had. But uh, and also we should mention that there's a uh, the Gordon Rogier Tice uh, Jalen Tatum group which has been a consistent uh unit that that brad has leaned on has been really good pre and post all-star break so i think that maybe he doesn't want to break that up too much um but look like if you look at the five-man data the second most common used lineup is that that death lineup still 145 minutes in 20 games which it's just like i it's remarkable that they have not gone back to that at, at any point. Um, because, it, again, I just I still think you need that lineup. 
I, I really do. And, and even if not that lineup, the first one that I mentioned uh, with Smart in there instead of uh, Gordon, um, just the fact that, 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 that those two lineups have not played big minutes, those are your like your best players. Like I just don't understand why you're not trying to see. I think we stumbled. I think we stumbled on the, the solution. On the secret. Yeah. No, not the solution. I think I think Brad's way ahead of us. What's that? Yeah. He's just saving these for the playoffs. He's saving these for the playoffs. In the playoffs. Hey, maybe. Well, I have I have no idea. I I don't. It just, it just doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm just trying to think because because you, you you wouldn't you would assume that that the Celtics that that Zarin and and Brad are are aware of this. You know. Right. And nothing, I mean, he, nothing's happening by accident. And I mean, I think a telling quote for Brad last night. You know, when he was just asked about lineup changes, um, he pretty much said, quote, I think about it every day, but I don't know if it's the original starting lineup that, you know, impressively, that is the answer. I don't know if it's better rotations. I think you're always thinking about that. And inevitably, you can make a case for everything. And you could go through every game this year and make a case and look, because we have a lot of guys that are fairly alike. Like, that, I mean... That says a lot to me, and I don't know, like, he says a lot of guys that are fairly alike, like, I don't know if that's true, though. Like, I mean, in, in theory, they should be, like, in terms of, like, wings and positioning, but, like, like but that's, Morris... That's how Brad, that's how Brad But that's how, it made, right, I know, and that's, I guess, maybe he just needs to get away from that thinking and being, like, Morris is a, a lot different than, you know, Hayward or Jalen or Tatum. Like, everyone brings a pretty strong defined set of pros and cons at this point. And that has been, I feel like, pretty set in stone for a while now. Yeah, um, I mean, they still kind of view. Well, for, I, they still kind of view Morris as like the only. He's like really the only pseudo traditional four on the roster. Is that fair to say? Um, say it again. Mar- yeah, I guess. Mar- I guess Mar- 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 Morris is... is basically like their four guy. Like, right? It should be. I mean, yeah. If you're gonna, sure. Al should be a four, well, but he hasn't been. Well, he should. Like, he could. I mean, I like he, him at the five, but he could be. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like him half okay, the game at yeah, the four. Like, like with this lineup, you're right, Mike. It's like they don't have anyone. They don't have a, a traditional or a stretch four power forward beyond him. I guess Tatum is the only one you could like, or Hayward. Do they treat like that? But obviously, those are, you know, much more threes than fours. I think. I think Brad. It wouldn't surprise me if he had like a PTSD with that the big the, the 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 death lineup that everyone anticipated and just how badly they looked on offense and like I think that that might be uh, uh, something that he doesn't want to revisit <clears throat> um, because they 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 really gave that lineup a lot of rope and it just never looked good and so I, I think he might just have a real bad taste in his mouth and doesn't want to want to go back to it is my other theory uh, mm-hmm. along with riches that he's saving it for the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> As I, also i think it's really important to to note that brad's not making these choices on his own like there's a whole team oh, yeah. of analysts of course that the celtics have that are breaking down every you know every angle fifteen thousand different ways so it's not like he's just going on a gut that's just like oh you know this just isn't working anymore you know i don't think they do anything without a lot of proof that it, it has been working or somehow it it should work, right? Probability, but I don't know. No, and, and, and one more thing should be said. Like, again, another reason why I don't 
put too much stock in the regular season when you're talking about a team like the Celtics with this much talent is just like, it's so difficult to change in the regular season in a meaningful way, as opposed to just the flexibility that you have in a playoff series. And so, you know, making a lineup, I I get where Brad is coming from when he says, you know, making a lineup change in the regular season is not really going to change everything about, you know, our habits and who we are and our identity and everything. uh, Just because of, you know, you're just kind of going through the motions at some in some ways during the regular season, especially this late. Um, but in the playoffs, it's just like a whole different ball game, and you know, you make lineup adjustments to specifically attack uh, or protect yourself uh, against a, a particular opponent, and that is when we may see significant changes. So I just again, that's another reason why I just personally don't want to hit the panic button or anything like that uh, based on the four game losing streaks that we've seen over the past month. Yeah. I mean, it goes more than it goes for a couple months for me in terms of, I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm just concerned that tweaks needed to be made a while ago. Now they're kind of coming under the wire in terms of when they're going to do it. And you want to be like putting finishing touches on it. A situation right now and it seems like they're kind of they're not at square one to a degree but for just everything we all talked about in terms of different lineups and not seeing much action together it's it's clearly like there's not gonna be a ton of familiarity with those groups the other question i have for you guys mm-hmm. like say you start baines mm-hmm. with horford like what defensively like who do you trust like i don't know like between tice and obviously Morris, assuming he goes to the bench, like there's not a lot of guys to trust on the front line right now behind those two guys, which may be part of Brad's hesitation. But like it's like those guys have been owned a lot, and that's concerning for when you're trying to get away in a postseason game with the you know the 14 minutes that Al is going to be on the bench or whatever. Yeah, Tice had a real opportunity this past weekend to to step up in some sort of way. It actually looked like in the Charlotte game early on, he had like banged a knee or yeah, there was something earlier. He was limping for a little bit and I thought he was, it looks like he was actually going to have to come out, but I don't know how, how much he it affected him. Didn't he play zero minutes in the fourth quarter of that game? He did. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so, and that might've been. <laughs> so, so maybe that has something to do with it, but like, I, you know, I, I just, I, I was a little disappointed with, with, with him this weekend. Yeah, I, I think that was a chance to prove that maybe, yeah, maybe I am that guy that you can go to in a pinch in the playoffs, and they still might have to. He, but like, I, I don't feel as good about it. He had a good little. Was it? I think it was at the either sometime in the third quarter. I can't remember if it was the. It must have been the end of the third quarter. The put back dunk. Yeah, right. yeah. He had like uh He was looking okay. He looked a little nimble on switches against a Rosen. Richie sent that text in the thread to us uh, where he first to turn over there. Um, I mean, I'm not disappointed in Tice because I've never liked him that much. Uh, so any, anything you get out of Tice, and that includes, you know, his rim protection and uh, his uh, his nimbleness as a defender in the pick and roll. And just, you know, when he hits an open three, I feel like all that is just gravy out of him. But, like, I, it would not completely shock me if... In the playoffs, we saw Marcus Morris at the five. I, I'm just going to throw Ooh. that out there. And I, I have Ooh. not looked at the data there, and based on what B-Rob just said, it's not wonderful. But 
it would not shock me, I will say. Like, Tice, to me, it's just, he's been very much trick-or-treat. Like, some nights, he he hasn't. Like, last night, he was, like, like solid in those stretches, like you said, Rich. Other nights, he fouls a ton, and he isn't hitting threes, and it, like, all goes to hell. So, like, and I feel like that's a lot. That's the problem with this team right now. Like, for a lot of these guys, you don't know what you're going to get on any night. And that's for Tice, that's for, like, Morris, that's Rozier. Um, and that's why a lot of these, like, second units that have so much less talent than the Celtics, like, kick the crap out of them on a lot of nights. Um, simply because those guys, they know what they're getting out of their guys and they, they perform their roles well. And that just isn't the case for a lot of these, you know, groupings. And it's, it, again, it changed on the night. It's not easy for Brad, but like we're at, you know, we've seen several months of this fight now. And one, one quick thing about Tice, it's really not a good sign when the other team is just like leaving you open repeatedly. Right. <laughs> Yeah, the three, the hot three point shooting is kind of gone for him. And, and when it's Pop, that's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Poor Brad has only won one game against Pop in his entire Celtics tenure. It's just respect for your elders. That's what that is. I mean, clearly. Yeah, like, like... McVeigh and Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> should we, uh, should I do the stat that I want yeah, to mention? Yeah, please. Uh, we're not going to classify it as as a special thing. Anyways, fourth quarter fourth quarter <laughs> okay, fourth no. quarter shooting this season, this regular season. Only takes into account three pointers taken in the fourth quarter. Uh Giannis is shooting 32.7% on fourth quarter threes. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving is shooting 30.7%. That's so, a, he looks really good in that Hornets game taking threes. So in the fourth quarter of this regular season, Kyrie Irving is shooting worse than Giannis from three. You know, that's really interesting because he's been one of the most clutch players in the league this year. Um, it's is, felt like that's that. A very, that's a very interesting stat. And um, I think maybe more more recently, I would, I would if I had to guess, I would say a lot of the, the drought there has been in recent times, just because Boston's clutch offense has really kind of fallen off a cliff and their defense has been atrocious. Um, in clutch situations with the point differential five or, or fewer within five minutes. Um, but that is, that is a pretty jarring stat, and obviously volume plays a role there, because I, I can't imagine that Giannis has taken a ton of fourth quarter threes, but um, that's yeah. really, the bottom line is 30% is not good at all. One thing that feel a little bit better is Kawhi is shooting twenty six percent. That's that's good to hear. And to feel better on like the other side on the injury, uh, Malcolm Brogdon was shooting fifty four percent. that sounds right. He, on fourth he, quarter three, he's going to be the. I don't know if he's, he'll technically qualify now with the injury. He should, but he'll be the eighth player in NBA history to finish fifty forty ninety this year. Oh wow! Yeah, is that true? That is true. Man, he leads the NBA in free throw shooting. He's a free agent too. I wonder how much he's gonna get. And was rookie of the year, just like so, somehow is still totally unheralded. Just because there's a stigma with you know older guys that, but he's like he's really, 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 really good. And if he's not a hundred percent, it's another reason why I'm not, because he kills the Celtics too. Um, I'm not a, like too worried about the Bucks if they get to that round, but we'll see. Do you, you mentioned the 
just to go back to the defense to wrap things up here, mm-hmm. the fourth quarter defense in the last two months has been even worse than like the rest of the, the game, which to me is also very concerning because that one feels right. That feels like they've have fallen apart in so many games now, whether it was the Clippers, like 28 point collapse where you're like, Oh, that's definitely the worst loss of the year. And then the, <laughs> the Hornets come along and be like, no, it's not. You're blowing an 18 point lead in like, you know, I don't care if you go two for 19, you have to be able to get stops. Like, to win games in the playoffs. But, uh, and this I, team has not shown that they can. I don't want to make an excuse, even though this will sound like an excuse. It sounds like... <laughs> but Go. they... Anything that starts so, with that. Sorry. Right. The Hornets, yeah, the Hornets game, like... I don't know. Like, okay, so they obviously did not have, um, like, any size whatsoever down the stretch of that game against a point guard who loves to get to the basket, and they were switching constantly. Um... I think Counterpoint, that, Mike. That, they Kemba did that to them in the same exact format when Al was playing in the like November. Like he tore them up just to the same degree. Yeah. Well, he is an All NBA, borderline All NBA guard, having a really good year, I will say. But also, like the Celtics, just meant like Kyrie continuously brings up how you know the playoffs are the light at the end of the tunnel, and you know he's really not getting caught up too much in the regular season. It's like when you play a team uh, like the Hornets that every game is basically a playoff game for them and uh, there's just a lot more desperation on their end, whereas the Celtics are, you know, they obviously have stuff to play for, but it it isn't related to, you know, playoff seating so much, like, or just playoff qualification, I should say. Like, I don't know, I don't know, like that game meant more, (laughs) game meant more to the Hornets than it did the Celtics. And obviously it, it that was reflected in kind of the energy that you saw in the fourth quarter. But it's the, it's the pattern of collapses, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just that game. It's like the Sixers collapse. There's been several other games. The the Clippers going back. The Nuggets game was a collapse in the fourth quarter. The Hawks. Like, the Hawks, exactly. The Kings, they almost blew that game, too. Like, the they give up so many huge runs in quick time spans. Like, like, yeah, we like we almost literally just fed five games in a row there. Like that to me, that's the bigger problem. Like if it was just okay, one collapse, like it happens. No, we're like, you can make like a very long list of bad losses or bad collapses this year. Can I can I throw out another stat that I find interesting? Mm-hmm. So the Celtics have the third worst uh, clutch defense since the All Star break. It's twenty one minutes sample size. Guess who has the worst clutch defense since the All-Star break? Don't tell me Marcus Smart. No, no, no. no. Team. Oh, oh Sixers. Okay. Sixers. No. But kind of close. Warriors? Warrior? No. It's a good team. A very good team. Milwaukee? Milwaukee. Giving up yeah. 1.45 points per possession, which is an ast- astronomical number, uh, in 31 minutes, which uh, is pretty interesting. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. And if you don't make anything of it, then I don't know. Like, look, when we when we just like we use these numbers, like you can almost build a case for anything. I mean, the, if you look at the Warriors' numbers, obviously, like they're a different animal for obvious reasons. But like, they have not <laughs> they have not been good on, on on defense for a while now. And I don't I don't think that you can really worry too much about. 
about them. And I know that that, that, that that argument is obviously kind of dumb for a lot of reasons, but yeah, <laughs> no, but, but, but it's a bit like with them, it's like it all comes down to Draymond, right? And like where, where his head's going to be at. And like, I guess you got to assume that once the playoffs come around, like, you know, he's still the head of that snake, snake defensively. Yeah. And, and but I think the same way, I still feel like these guys are going to put the bullshit aside when the playoffs start. And maybe it's not that easy. Maybe, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that we're still going to be having this conversation, you know, a month from now. I mean, do we, we talk about putting the BS aside? Like, I believe that. I don't know if that's going to be enough, Rich, is the problem. Like, even if they get all the en- same Enough page, for what? Like, enough for to... the defense to come together. Like, for them to have a good defense. Like, you but can... They, but they have come together. Like, there are games where they come together and they do what they're supposed to do, right? I mean, outside of the Warriors game, when when is one lately that they've, like, played to... Even, even if it's potential? a quarter. Even if it's a quarter that they do it. They know how to do it. It's but they so... haven't been able to put four quarters together all year, though is is kind of my concern like they you yeah right we've seen flashes of it like all year let's say you need three quarters to do it it's very rare that i feel you get four full quarters but like right. yeah they don't even do that maybe a half right. like you get three quarters against the hornets and then what happened like it's like it's i don't know I, I hope i'm wrong i hope that this is a team that thinks that they're not going through the motions but they clearly think they can turn it to another level in the postseason and put aside their individual problems. We haven't even talked about the Kyrie Brad Stevens situation from Saturday night. Um, we don't really need to get into that now, but like with all these underlying, you know, issues, like there's just a lot going on with this team and a lot to push aside. And then they might not even be as good as the Bucks or the Raptors anyway. They're better than the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the best team oh, in the so NBA. I'll, I will continue to say that every podcast until they, until they lose in the done. second round. They, yeah, until they get swept. Um, but yeah, no, the Celtics are are better than the Bucks. The Raptors are still the only ones. Uh, yeah. Um, Do you, thanks like, to Jeremy Lamb, is a better chance that we that the Celtics avoid them. I should note that Jeremy Lamb missed a layup over TJ McConnell last week that would have beat the Sixers. So is that right? Yeah, but he made up for it with that ridiculous buzzer probably the best buzzer beater i've ever seen all that just to get even huh yep life's tough mm-hmm. man mike do you like what's your confidence level against the bucks right now i think that in the playoffs i i think we will see a different team i still think that even though um <clears throat> you know there's a lot of evidence obviously that goes and supports what you're saying b rob for sure um I I think, like, when you look at this team, you know, it is a very young team, but it's also a team that, you know, a lot of the guys, pretty much everyone on the team, I would say, who is a regular contributor, you know, has experience going deep in the playoffs and knows what it's take to win, knows what it takes to win in the playoffs. And I, I like, it's just difficult to get super hyped it's difficult to get super hyped for like regular season game against the Charlotte Hornets in March when, you know, a year ago you were, <laughs> you know, a game away from going to the NBA finals. Like, I, I, you're up, you're good. we don't have to get back into it. You're yeah, up, 18. Get back. You're up yeah. 18. You got it. You have to, you have right, to win like, the game. Okay. What did you, would you take the Celtics or the Bucks right now? Just like right today in the seven game series, Mike? Today? Yeah. Um, probably the Bucks. Rich here on 
I still got Boston. Yeah. You still got Boston. Yeah. I again, I like that matchup for the Celtics. I need them. I need to see a much better team in the first round for me to come around on that. I guess, but we'll I'll have say, time for that. I'll say Giannis yeah. is is get, is getting better literally still every single game. I think. So maybe yeah. we'll see what he looks like by the time the second round. <laughs> he might he might have evolved into into another form by then, but for now, uh, I'm I'm still with Boston. Maybe Miami pulls off the first round upset. Spolstra, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We can dream. Um, all right, Kelly O. That, Kelly O. Kelly O. Exactly, working his magic. Well, I think that's going to be it for us, unless we got anything. We want to. Uh, no, so what do we say? Su- subscribe, subscribe, right? Do we still have to go through that the whole? Yeah, I think song so. Song and dance. Yeah, I well, so. yeah, we should say that for everyone who's still listening, like we will have another episode on Thursday that you know touches on some other, uh, you know, big picture issues plus the upcoming uh, game against the Indiana Pacers that is pretty important in terms of you know the type of strategy we'll see like you know strategically what brad stevens does in that game i think will be very interesting and who plays in that game and you know are they vanilla are they trying to win um that'll be just a fascinating thing because they have two against the pacers i believe in the last eight uh mm-hmm. and then we have another couple of big picture co- conversations that we want to have uh, about the team um that are just a little different than you know the kind of the the the, the nuts and bolts of what we discussed today we yeah, also have we'll a big the... we have a big breakdown of Greg Monroe coming too. We didn't touch on that today, <laughs> so we really need to get to it. Yeah, we keep we he keeps on getting bumped. The two hour pod <laughs> where you, you'll have to be logged in, like uh, uh, logged into a Wi Fi network to download that episode. So prepare. <laughs> and we'll say that the plan is still to mostly just do one a week for now. But like anytime there's a weekend when the Celtics say they blow an eighteen point lead one night and then get booed off their home floor the next night. We probably should get together and talk a little bit. And we did. Should have 45 minutes. No, this is fun. Um, I think we should just keep bumping the Monroe conversation every every pop. Let's wait 11 days season. to have it. <laughs> yeah. that, we'll, we'll make it a farewell. We'll have like a tribute, a tribute video and all that for, for Greg. Um, cool. So we'll be back uh, what, Thursday? Oh, no, maybe Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. We're, it will be up on Thursday. So um, we'll look forward to... Catching up with you guys again then.